Cathedral family, let's prepare our hearts for worship. Please stand as we recite scripture. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Come on, Cathedral Faith, let's make a joyful noise in this house. Woo. Let's sing. I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. I am yours. I am yours. Sing it. I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. I am yours. I am yours. And you are mine. Jesus, you are mine. You are mine. Jesus, you are mine. I was running and you found me. I was blinded.
the ushers to come forward as we prepare for communion and as you receive the elements please hold them in your hands remain standing and Pastor Wayne will come up to lead us in a powerful moment of communion in a few moments.
Lord, there's nothing better than you. He specializes in turning things around, turning sickness into health, turning sin into forgiveness, turning graves to gardens. And in this moment, we come to celebrate that great turnaround power that he has. In fact, that's a word for you. God's about to turn things around in your life. You've been struggling, you've been stuck. It just feels like it's overwhelming and God is ready. He is here to turn things around in you. Turn, 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 despair into hope. Turn sickness into healing. Turn debt into debt free. To turn His purposes in your life into reality. We're about to celebrate the turnaround moment of all history. When Jesus went to the cross for you and me. When everything changed in history. Because in that moment, He did everything necessary to take us from whatever direction we're going and turn us to put us on the right path, to put us in the right place. And you're in the right place right now, wherever you are, ready to receive the turning power of Jesus. You know, when the children of Israel were in the desert, they didn't have anything to eat, they were hungry, they were filled with lack. They didn't have, and God provided the bread of heaven the manna for them, and that's what this is for us right now. It's a moment for us to partake of heaven, of God's power. You know, one of the things, the purposes of communion is what I call U-turn. Communion is a time to turn around. The biblical word sometimes is repent. I turn from my selfishness, my ways, my power, and I turn to Him. Communion is really a moment of self-examination. Just like our medical doctors are thrilled that we do self-examinations, that we catch things before they get out of hand, that's what communion is. It's a moment for us to find that mole of unforgiveness, that lump of sin that's working in us and say, God, come and remove this so that I can be right with you. I turn from my ways to your way so you can turn what I offer into great things. And so we hold this bread as a reminder God's ready to turn things around for you. But Lord, you know what we need to turn over to you in this moment. You know, the words we spoke, the deeds we put out this week, the things we said that we need to offer to you and say, forgive us. And thank you that you turned sin into forgiveness. And so right now, by your power and for your glory, we receive the broken body of Christ for our sins. Thank you for turning our lives and history around. In Jesus' name, let's receive the body of Christ together. The very first miracle that Jesus ever performed was turning water into wine. And that's one of his specialties. He loves to turn our frustration into hope, our struggle into peace, our sin into forgiveness. And so whatever we offer him, he says, I wanna turn that into something powerful. And so as we raise our concerns, as we raise our doubts, as we raise our fears, as we raise our sins, he turns it into the wine of blessing, the wine of favor, the cup of healing, the cup of life, the cup of love. Let's receive now the cup of Christ, turning our lives for his glory, as we rejoice in Him. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Let's give God thanks and praise for his incredible faithfulness to us. We're so glad you're here with us, whether you're online, here on campus, here in the sanctuary. God's ready to turn things around, amen? So as you're being seated as an act of faith, just do a turnaround and have a seat. Well, good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Isn't it a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord? Want to give you a great, big Cathedral of Faith welcome. Welcome to all those folks watching online and all around our campus, especially right here in our main auditorium. We are so glad that you're here. And if you're new to Cathedral of Faith, we invite you to take time in the seat back in front of you. There's this Let's Connect card with a QR code. You can scan that with your phone, or if you want to do it old school, you can just complete it and drop it by. We want to know, get to know you and how best we can serve you and your family. And I'm, we're so glad you're here. And make yourself at home because this is your father's house. Well, real quick, right after service, if you're a coffee lover, we got some free coffee right outside our coffee shop. Our coffee shop renovation will be complete in about two weeks. We'll be open for help serve you some great cup of coffee. And then, I don't know, I see a few of my people, a few of the 49er fans out here. God bless you for being here. Oh, I think you got a special blessing over you today. I did tell my brother, if he's not done by 12, he's off. God's going to give him the hook. <laughs> so I'm just teasing, kid. But we do have, we're showing the game right after service. You can go to the Horton Youth Center on the big screens and enjoy the 49er game for all of the 49er crew. And of course, all the Raider fans enjoy it at home. Amen. Just so you know, I'm a 49er fan. My dad was a 49er fan. My, mom, my mom's Oakland and my brother's Oakland. So we got, just like here, you know, all God's, all the miracle of God right here. Well, also, hey, speaking of winning teams, how many are part of God's family? If you're a part of God's family, you are on the ultimate winning team, amen? And God's got a place for you. Every team, there's people, you know, my dad would say there's no place for spectators in, on God's team, that God wants you to be a, a player, a participant, and he's got a role for each of us. You don't have to be the best. God's created you with all kinds of unique talents and abilities. So there's a place for you here at Cathedral to help serve and live out God's dream. As a matter of fact, a lot of that's found in our Connect Grow Serve brochure. You can download the, the QR code. You can go to our, our website to find out all the different ways you can grow. If you're a couple here at Cathedral Faith, we invite you to experience some more aloha in your marriage with Pastors Ramel and Aurora at the 11 o'clock hour. They have a, a ministry called Center piece for your uh, couples to help you grow and uh, get, you know, build more aloha in your marriage. And then also, if you want to go deeper in the Bible, we have great Bible classes happening during, during on Sundays. You want to do that. And if you like the arts and you like technology, our big Easter season's coming up. You can share your gifts and talents through that. And if you're just a friendly person, if you're a friendly person, we'd love for you to be a part of our frontline team, to share a smile when people come in here that they feel welcomed and loved by God. Amen. And if you've got a heart for the poor, you can help 
pack a grocery bag, pack a car during the week, or reaching out. So many ways for to use your talents and your abilities to be a blessing because God wants us to bring more heaven on earth, amen, in our communities and our families. And it's why you plug it in. So, so we're excited. And then finally, God wants to bless you in your finances. And we're offering here at Cathedral Faith, we've been doing it for the last 12 years, Financial Peace University with Dave Ramsey. Over 5 million people have gone through this class to help them get rid of their debt and build wealth so they can be a blessing. And here's a sneak preview of what's coming up. What would happen if the people of God started handling money God's ways? You work too hard to get to the end of your life and have nothing to show for it. This is my family's legacy that I'm talking about here. I've got to have a plan and be focused. That knowledge that you pass down to your kids, that is how you change a family tree. You change your life when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you have that moment where you say, I've had it! I'm not going to live like this anymore! Amen. It will be a life changer. And just for the Cathedral Faith family, it's normally $100 to take this class with all the resources, only $25 for your entire family and your household to plug in. We're going to be having the class here on Sundays. Uh, but if that time doesn't work for you, you can go online and take it with anyone else around the nation on a virtual, you can do it digitally. So if you want more information about sign up, go to our website, go to our app, or go to the kiosk right after service and plug into Financial Peace University because it will change your life. So, because God wants you to get out of debt so you can be a blessing, right? If God doesn't bless you, you can't be a blessing. So thank you to all the Cathedral Faith family for all the ways that you give of your time and your talent and your resources to help us be a blessing. And God's word says this, if we give God his best, he's gonna give us his best, amen? And how many know God's best is always better than ours? So we can be a blessing. So easy ways to give and give through the app, again, online or at the end of service. But thank you to all the church family for your faithfulness. Well, let's continue our worship as Pastor said, comes to minister to you as well as under the Lord. Are the voices? Be 
you appreciate him blessing us oh cathedral family God is good and all the time it's so great to see everybody today whether you're on site or online you could have been a lot of places you could be tailgating right now but you chose to come to church to give God space to meet you in this moment and I'm so glad you did be seated for just a moment. We're in a series looking at our identity. Such an important question. And we're looking beyond ourselves. We're looking to the God who loves us and made us to help us understand who we are. Last week we looked at, well, that all of us are image bearers of God. And today I want to talk about being managers, that every member is a manager. Now, we know what a manager is because you've probably had a manager or perhaps you've been a manager, but a manager is put in charge of something. 
you're a manager at a company or a manager at a restaurant. Or here's a picture of the general manager of the 49ers. His name is John Lynch. And he's not the owner. Jed York is the owner. But John Lynch is the manager. Now, he's responsible for what he's been given to manage. And he's accountable for what he's been given to manage. And if they win today, do you think they're going to win today? And then they go on to win the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? I have an idea that the manager is going to celebrate with his master in happiness. And Jesus tells a story about that very thing. A manager who goes on to share the owner's happiness. It's found in Matthew chapter 25. And so I'm going to invite everybody to stand for the reading of the scripture. This is the script that God has given to us to help us know who we are. And we turn to Matthew 25 and the words of Jesus today. Again, it's great to see everyone. Matthew 25, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them. He made them money managers while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Now, one bag of silver would have been equivalent to an average lifetime wage. No small amount dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. He played it safe. Did he play it too safe? We continue. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. Show me the money. Say that with me. Show me the money. Now the servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I've earned five more. And the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Celebrate good times. Come on. Here we go. Let's continue. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I've earned two more. The master said, same words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. 
Celebrate good times. There we go. Story continues. Uh-oh, about to take a turn. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops where you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Here is your money back. He makes an excuse. It wasn't me, it was you. I think it was Benjamin Franklin who said, the one who's good at making excuses is rarely good at anything else. But the master replied, you wicked, this could also mean worthless, you useless, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more we will, will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Interesting. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a striking picture that Jesus paints of each of us as managers responsible for what we have been given and accountable for what we have been given. Let's think about this story together. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for this wonderful cathedral family and friends who are gathered here today. I pray over these next few moments that we will hear the one thing we need to hear. A lot will be said. Help us to hear the one thing that we'll take it, apply it, and our lives will be changed because we met you in this moment. That's our heart, that's our desire. God, start with me. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Can we give God praise again for his word, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I know who I am, I am who God says I am. Before you're seated, can we affirm that to somebody? Say, I am who God says I am, amen. Now, I wanna make three brief observations from this story. And the first one has to do with being diamonds in the rough. Diamonds in the rough. Someone once said, the reason God gave us teenagers is so that we too would know what it feels like to have someone made in our image who denies our existence. <laughs> Are there any parents in the house? Yeah? Are there any parents with teenagers in the house? I'll pray for you. Are there any parents with teenagers who are driving. I will pray and fast for you this week. I saw this one bumper sticker. It said, beware student driver and screaming parent inside. Does that sound about right? 
When you're a parent and your teenager starts driving and they come up to you and they ask you if they can borrow your car and you hand them the keys. I heard a no. <laughs> but if you're brave enough to hand them the keys, what are you saying to them? You're saying, I believe in you. I have confidence in you. And I trust you. This is not your car, it's my car but I'm entrusting you with my car. And when God takes what belongs to him and hands us the keys, we know we believe in God, but there's a sense in this story that God believes in us, that he has confidence in you that he trusts you and so he entrusts you with what he owns and he hands you the keys and he gives you, he places in your hands time and talent and opportunity and resource. There's a sense in which God believes in you and none of us are empty handed. Can we give God praise for who he is and what he's done for us? It's amazing to think about. I mean, let's pause for a moment and consider the talent that God has placed in your hands. The father, the father of modern management, Peter Drucker, he once said, few of us really know our strengths. The great leaders and teachers, they recognize strengths and focus on them. So let me ask you a question today. Do you know what you're good at? Sometimes we don't know what we're good at because it comes so easy to us. But it's key to know what God has put into your hands. In fact, I'm gonna give you a homework assignment for this week, here's the cathedral challenge. And it's found in three words. The first word is discover. Think about what you're good at. What are your strengths? Ask God to help you to see. Ask others to help you to see. What is the strength that God has put into your hands? And then what am I doing to develop that strength? How can I sharpen my abilities? How can I cultivate my talent? During the pandemic, I downloaded the app Masterclass and I would listen to classes about public speaking and classes on leadership because I still wanted to grow as a person. And then finally, ask yourself the question, how can I deploy the talent that God has given me in a way that brings honor and glory to him? If I'm gonna be a good manager of what God has entrusted to me, I have to discover what's in my hands, I have to develop it, and I have to look at ways that I can deploy it for his honor 
and for his glory. Romans 12, verse six says, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. I can't do everything well, but God's given me the ability to do something well. What is it that God has put in your hands? Did you know there could be a treasure right there in your own backyard? The man who founded Temple University. Back in the 1800s, he was traveling overseas and he heard a story that he would go on to tell many times. The story was called Acres of Diamonds and it was set in Africa and it was about a farmer who owned land and he heard that there were diamond finds going on all around the continent. And so he sold his own farm and he went on a quest and he began to search for that big diamond strike but he ended up striking out. He was never able, no matter how far he went, no matter where he searched, he just never found what he was looking for. And meanwhile, back at his old farm, the man who bought it was one day walking across the property and he sees something in the creek and he bends down to see what it is and it's a diamond. There were a whole bunch of diamonds in the creek. And the moral of the story was this. What the man went looking for had been in his backyard the whole time. And I would like to suggest that there's a diamond on the inside of each one of you that is waiting to get out. It's sparkling in here. Everywhere I look, God has deposited a treasure in you. Can we give God praise, amen, for who he is and what he's made us to be? Here's the second observation. I'm free to be me. Free to be me. Say that with me. Free to be me. Now, each of the servants are given an amount of money to manage and it's a different amount that is placed in their hands. But all they're responsible for and accountable for is what they've been given. They're not responsible or accountable for what they haven't been given. It's only what has been put into their hands. That's what they're responsible and accountable for. And I want you to get a hold of this because if this truth gets in your head and your heart and your body and it all comes into alignment, it'll free you up. I'm free to be me. Instead of getting stuck in a culture, I mean, it will free you up from the miserable, depressing, unending, relentless, soul-crushing, envy-stirring cycle of comparison that has become the norm of our digital world. Now, social media, it can be used to enhance your life, but if you let it, it'll rob you. It'll take the joy right out of your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, because on social media, isn't it true? You can see all the people who are doing so much better than you. 
You get on social media and there they are. They're in better shape than you. They're more creative than you. They're more handsome than you. Except my brother, it doesn't get more handsome than my brother. No one's more handsome than my brother, Kurt. But you get on social media. They went to a better school than you went to. They take better vacations than you take. Their kids are doing better in life than your kids. You know, they're more successful. They have more friends. They have more likes. I saw this one meme. It read this way. It said, when somebody reposts your pic and get more likes than you do. Now, I want you to pause for a moment and take a long look at the face of that kid because that's what happens when you get stuck in the cycle of comparison. A study at the University of Florida once found that when people would get online and they would compare themselves to others, by comparing themselves to people who are perceived to be doing doing better in life, Users came away with deflated self-esteem. And yes, they do. And then we turn to the words of Jesus. And Jesus' words free us up. All I have to be is the me he created me to be. Jesus is not going to ask what I did compared to this person or what I did compared to that person All he's going to say is, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with the hand that you've been dealt? All of us have been dealt a hand in life. And a lot of it we had nothing to do with. I mean, I didn't choose the family I was born into. I didn't choose the country where I was born. I didn't choose the time of history I was born into. I didn't choose the body that I got, the mind that I got, the talents that I got. I had nothing to do with any of that. See, all of us are dealt a hand. And for lots of different reasons, life just isn't even. But if I will take the hand that I've been dealt with and make the most of what I have in my hands and be a good manager of it, I will share in my master's happiness. The master said in Matthew 25, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Anybody looking forward to that day? Amen. You looking forward to that day? Yeah. I was thinking about our friend, Nick Vujicic. He's been here at the church a couple of times. And if you're not familiar with Nick's story, Nick was born uh, without arms and without legs. And that would be something to be bitter about. And for a long time, he was. In fact, when he was eight years old, he tried to take his own life. But at some point, he has a paradigm shift. And instead of focusing on what he doesn't have, he thinks, okay, if this is the hand I've been dwelt, I'm going to make the most out of the cards that are in my life. And so he take what he, yeah, let's give God praise. Amen. He had a change in attitude. 
And that change in attitude determined his altitude. And he went on to become one of the most inspirational speakers in our generation. He has had the opportunity to share the gospel with more than 700 million people. And more than a million people have come to Christ through Nick Vujicic and his story. Can we give God praise? Amen. Never underestimate what God can do if you just bring him the cards that you've been dealt, no matter how unfair it seems. Now that brings us to the last observation. And this one you've probably heard before. Use it or lose it. Would you say that with me? Use it or lose it. Say it one more time. Use it or lose it. Now, when I was in high school, I had to take another language. And for some reason, I chose French. I've always been a romantic at heart. And French seems like such a romantic language. Je t'aime. And so I took French. Now, my grandmother was full-blooded French. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll I'll carry on the family legacy. And so I took French. I took two years of French in high school. The French teacher, Mrs. Claycomb, came over our house for dinner. I took another year of French in college. You know how much French that is? That's three years of French, 27 months of French, 108 weeks of French. It was over 5,000 hours of French. You can see a picture of me when I was back in school. So much French. It was everywhere. And do you know today, if we go, my wife and I, to celebrate an occasion to a fancy French restaurant, I can't even order off the menu. (laughs) Excusez-moi. Why is it? I didn't use my French, so I ended up losing my French. Now, Jesus in this story puts the principle like this. He says, those who have much will get more, and they will have much more than they need. But those who do not have much will have everything taken away from them. What Jesus is saying is that life is not static. And the decisions that I make today and how I manage my life today is going to have an impact on my tomorrow. We see a graphic example of this in the Bible with a story from the life of Joseph. Now, Joseph has a dream to be a leader. He also has a gift to be a leader. Now, you can have a dream to be a leader and no gift, or you can have a gift to be a leader and no dream, but Joseph has a dream, and he has a gift, and then he has an opportunity, but it's not the opportunity that he thought he would have. His brothers sell him into slavery, and see, he ends up leading a household in Egypt as a servant, but he makes the most of his opportunity to lead, and then he's given another opportunity. And again, it's not the opportunity that he thought he would have. He ends up being falsely accused and thrown into a prison. And while he's in the prison, he makes the most of what he has, and he becomes a manager 
in the prison. But eventually he gets another opportunity and he becomes the second in command of the mightiest empire in the day. He goes from having a vision and a gift to having an opportunity. He manages a house, then he manages a prison, and then he manages a nation. Life is never static. And the decisions that I make today, they're taking me somewhere. Amen, yeah. And if I want to have a godly ambition, if I want more in a godly sense, to do more, to be more, to have more, it involves blooming where I'm planted and making the most of my current situation and not letting fear get the best of me. Because that's what happens to the guy who plays it safe. He plays it too safe. And according to Jesus, that's not the way you're meant to live. And that's why fear, fear can be the biggest obstacle in your spiritual growth. And we have to be able as managers to overcome our fears and to take that step of faith when we need to. Francis Ford Coppola, the director, he once said this. He said, an essential element of art is risk. If you don't take risk, how are you gonna make something really beautiful that hasn't been seen before? I always had a good philosophy of risk. The only risk is to waste your life so that when you die, you say, oh, I wish I had done this. Where do you need to overcome your fear and take that step of faith? In just a moment, we're gonna wrap things up with a statement of who we are. Before we do, one of the areas we manage well, is our finances. God gives us resource to manage. And here at the church, we wanna support you any way we can. And that's why we're teaming up with Dave Ramsey and his team, bringing the very best in money management resource that'll be available to you this year. And I want you to hear from one couple. Uh, you know, they're amazing people. I want you to hear about their own journey and what God did in their lives through Financial Peace University. Hello, my name is Mike Gutierrez, and this is my lovely wife, Mary. Hello, I'm Mary. We've been going here to Cathedral of Faith for over uh, 20 years, and uh, we actually took this class uh, over 15 years ago, initially when the class came to Cathedral of Faith. Before we took this class, it was a struggle with our finances. At that time, we were probably living, you know, some of the months was paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, we had so much debt involved, we were involved with. The scripture really gave us that paradigm shift. We didn't want to be slaves to the lenders anymore. And that's what was happening. We were carrying that burden of all our lenders. And so we knew we had to do something different. We started learning the principles from taking this class and applying them to our life and our marriage and to our finances. And it changed us tremendously. As we went along, it didn't happen overnight. It took years of applying these principles to the point where not only we got out of debt, we got ourselves financially healthy to the point where we were ready for retirement when it happened. We began to learn how to properly manage the wealth the Lord had provided. 
and how to grow that. So step by step, to the point where Mary and I felt that we were uh, wanted to engage by sharing what we've learned with other people and students. And many years ago, uh, we took over as coordinator of this class, as a host of the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University class. And we just had a heart to want to share this with other people to get themselves going. I was age 50 before we really got into Dave Ramsey's program. And you may think that's late in life. Well, guess what? Even though I started late in life, we've learned the principles, went forward with it, and we are at a point today where both Mary and I are retired, and we can enjoy the retirement we have. We still manage it, manage that within our budget. And we didn't learn those concepts from you know ourselves. We learned it from what we learned from the Dave Ramsey's seven baby steps. So I encourage people who come to this class that you will gain that same understanding. It's not too late. As I said, I was 50 when I started. You can, everyone can grow from this. And I have folks from age 18 to age 65 that attend this class and they learn something new from it. We live by faith and not by sight. We commit our lives again to God. Why not the finances that he provided? And we are so grateful for the four walls that he has provided. We are so grateful for everything that he has provided. Hey Amen. Would you let Mike, Mike and Mary, would you guys stand? Let them know how much you appreciate them sharing their story with us and how they provide leadership. They'll be available in the lobby right after service so you can tap into the many ways you can grow in management in that area after church. I'm going to invite you to stand with me, please. Close your eyes for just a moment. If you're comfortable doing this, put your hands out in front of you. Heavenly Father, we bring who we are and what we have to you, what you put in our hands, what you've entrusted to us. Thank you, God, for having confidence in us. And Father, we pray that in the days ahead, you would help us to manage what we have in such a way where we bring you a good return with the life that you've blessed us with. Father, if there are areas where we've let fear get the best of us, today we determine to take that step of faith so that we can maximize the opportunities that you've given to us. That's our heart. That's our desire. I am who God says I am. Said he lead us in that. I am forgiven. I am your friend. I am accepted. I know who I am. I am secure, I'm confident that I am love, I know who I am, I am alive, come on, I've been set
want you to leave here with that song in your spirit. You know, if you need prayer after service, our team will be down here in front to pray with you, pray for you. Go by the lobby. Check out all the resources that are available from Financial Peace University. Then there's free coffee over at our coffee shop right outside this door. And then if you'd like to watch the game on the big, big screen, it's going on at the Horton Youth Center. So again, thanks so much for coming out today. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And may you know who you are this week. I pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you as you go.